Good morning. Um, my name's Emily, and I'm going to do the Bible reading this morning. And there's a bit of a twist. <laughs> no, it's not that big. Um, there's two Bible readings this morning, and so I'll read them one after each other. So the first one is John chapter 10, verse 22 to 30. And the second one is 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 to 8. So if you don't want to flick around, then I'm sure it'll be up there. All right, so John 10... John chapter 10, 22 to 30. At that time, the feast of dedication took place at Jerusalem. It was winter and Jesus was walking in the temple in the colonnade of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me, but you do not believe because you are not among my sheep. My sheep hear my voice and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one." And now to the second one, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 to 8. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Uh, well, uh, good morning again. Uh, it is uh, wonderful to be with you. This is my first time here, um, and I hear already that uh, things have been going really well for you guys uh, over the last what, 18 months now you've been in this place. And I was hearing about, yeah, obviously uh, the announcement about your carols uh, here. What a wonderful thing to be able to uh, be a light in the uh, community here. So um, praise God for you guys and uh, the work that you're doing. And you know, it's been really encouraging already to hear a little bit about it. Well, um, do keep your um, Bible open, that, that uh, 2 Timothy um, passage. That'll be one we're particularly focusing on. We're doing more of a, a topical uh, sermon today. So not uh, specifically walking through one passage, but uh, mentioning and bumping, jumping around to uh, a number of them. But uh, let's get into it. Well, there's that uh, famous saying that you've probably heard about uh, things in life that you can be certain of. Uh, there's this, this phrase, I'm certain you've heard it. It goes, there's only two things in life that you can be certain of. Can you tell me what they are? Death, that's right. Death and taxes. You have heard of it. That's right. Well, I reckon this famous saying is actually missing something. I think there's, there's something else that we can just about guarantee will be a certainty for most of us. And what's that? Here it is. Having to deal with insurance companies. <laughs> Having to deal with insurance companies. Now, hands up. Anyone had to deal with an insurance company before? Yeah, lots of hands going up. I think that's probably going to be most of us, isn't it? At some point or another, we're going to have to deal with an insurance company. Now, why is that? Why are the companies like this such a certainty in life? Well, because we all want insurance, don't we? We all want to be covered in the moment when something in life goes wrong. That's why we have uh, health insurance, why we have car insurance, home insurance, uh, even pet insurance is a thing these days, right? We, we all want to be covered 
when something, when life goes wrong. But just like death and taxes may not be something that we look forward to, well, um, I think the same is, is with uh, insurance companies. We don't look forward to having to deal with them. Well, why is that? Well, because sadly, insurance companies have the reputation for trying to get out of providing coverage when that moment of disaster strikes. Now, that's why they have those incredibly long product disclosure statements, the PDS statements. You've probably seen them before. They go on for pages and pages. They expect you to read the whole thing before signing up. They're perfect bedtime reading. That's what I've found. Um, and they cover kind of all the ways in which this company won't cover you unless the, the conditions are just right. And so I think that means if we're dealing with an insurance company, uh, we can also get two, we can basically get two results out of it. First, we can uh, think of, uh, we can say that uh, insurance or getting insurance might be wishful thinking. Right? You think that you're covered, but then the moment of disaster strikes and you find actually, no, I'm not, I'm not covered. I didn't follow the, the PDS properly. And secondly, maybe insurance is actually a waste of time, right? Perhaps you're, you're hoping to get insurance for a, a procedure that's coming up around the corner and then you realize you didn't follow the waiting limits and now you're not going to get it, right? It's just been a waste of time. Well, here's my, here's my question. And yes, there's a point to all this. <laughs> is it the same with Christian assurance? We find the same problems when we think about assurance as a Christian. In other words, is there a way to know that when my life is said and done, that I will be covered? Is there, is there a way to know that at the end of my earthly existence, I will go to be with God for eternity rather than to be separated from him for an eternity? Can I be assured of that as a Christian? Or is it just wishful thinking or is it just a waste of time? Well, in our passage this morning, uh, particularly that one from 2 Timothy, uh, we see the Apostle Paul, he seems to have great confidence in his assurance. He seems to be very confident indeed of the coverage that he's going to have after death. And he says, you can have that same confidence too. So I want to take some time this morning to think about this and, and to answer those questions. Uh, is assurance, wishful thinking, is it a waste of time? I want to think a little bit about that. So first, is assurance just wishful thinking? Well, the answer is pretty simple, and that is no. It's not wishful thinking. Why? Because God says this. In other words, when, when we read the promises of God uh, that he makes right here in Scripture, when we, re we read all the things he says about salvation and the security that we can have as Christians, when, that we know we're saved, well, when he says this, we can be confident that what he's saying is true because it's God himself who stands behind those promises. Now, imagine uh, this afternoon, you, after lunch, uh, you head home and you get a knock on the door and you go to answer the door and you open up and there's, there stands before you is a, a young guy that you've never seen before. Right? He's dressed casually. He's got a, a backpack with him and he says, hey, this is your lucky day. I've got a great deal for you on home insurance. And you say, oh, okay, well, uh, what company do you work for? And he says, oh, you, uh, you probably wouldn't have heard of us. We're a new company. Right now, what are you going to say to an offer like that? I suspect you're probably going to say, thanks, but no thanks. Why? Well, because you don't know who this is. It could be just anyone standing there offering you this insurance at your door. 
But if on the other hand, you go home this afternoon, you open up the letterbox and in there is a, is a, a letter in, a, um, in an envelope. You open up the envelope and inside you've got a letter from Allianz or from SGIO or from RAC and, and a letter going into all this detail about this new rate that they've got on their home insurance policy. And at the top, they've got an official letterhead with the logo emblazoned on it. Now, what are you going to do with an offer like that? Well, I suspect that'll be one that you're much more likely to believe, aren't you? Why? Because you know who it's from. You know that this is a company that can back up what they say. Well, that's just how it is with Christian assurance. Right? Because what we read here in Scripture, what we read earlier from 2 Timothy 4, is not just random words from some guy in the first century. That these aren't just nice sentiments or nice feelings. No, these are the words from the God of the universe. And uh, he says, when it comes to assurance, that we can be confident uh, that it's true. We can be confident that the promises of God are reality and they will come true for us. So uh, it's not just here in 2 Timothy that God says that either. He says it in lots of places. So, for example, let me read a couple to you. Uh, God says through his servant David uh, that Christians can walk through the valley of the shadow of death and yet fear no evil for your, you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Uh, that's Psalm 23. No doubt you've heard that before. God also says through his servant Job, he says, for I know that my redeemer lives and at the last he will stand upon the earth. And after my skin has thus been destroyed, yet in my flesh, I will see God. That's Job chapter 19. And then, of course, the earlier reading we had, uh, Jesus himself says this in John chapter 10. He says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And get this, I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. So what do we see when we read things like this, when we go to scripture? What do, we, what do we see? Well, it's not mere uh, wish fulfillment. Uh, this is not fanciful thinking. No, what we see is confidence. What we see are firm promises that it is indeed possible for the Christian to know that they are saved. Why? Because God says it so. All right, well, so you're saying, great, okay, well, God said, uh, maybe we, we can trust it, but what is it worth doing? We can trust what God says is true, but, but is it actually worth it? Insurance isn't worth it, right? If, you're, uh, if you know you're not going to get covered. Well, what about assurance? Is that too? Is that a waste of time? Well, as I uh, listen to what God says in his word, I find out that actually assurance brings me real tangible benefits. And not just benefits in the life to come, but benefits right now in the here and now. It's a bit like uh, at the moment, uh, for me personally, I've got some insurance with RAC. And if you've ever um, had insurance with them, you know that if you're a member, you get what's called uh, member benefits, right? And so that might be, uh, for example, the one I always use is the cheap movie tickets, right? It's beautiful. I get some, uh, for some money off every time I want to go see a film, right? And I get, there's uh, discounts on accommodation, fuel prices, I even discounts at certain pharmacies, right? That's because I'm a member, and it's, and it's not just uh, for when the moment comes, the disaster strikes. I get that now. So 
It's the same with Christian assurance. That's what we read when we look at scripture. There are extra benefits to assurance in the here and now. I'll mention two of them just briefly. First, uh, we get a sense of peace, a sense of peace when we go through suffering and hard times. Now, all of us have uh, experienced suffering. I'm sure that's the case here. I'm sure I don't have to ask you about that. And, and particularly as we get older, I think the chance that we're going to go through suffering of some sort is probably going to increase. Now, that might be a, a failing body. Uh, it might be uh, the death of a loved one. It might be having to move out of the home that you've, you've spent your life in. Uh, at some point, suffering comes for all of us. And if we're not careful, suffering and hard times and trials can be the thing that potentially breaks us. Again, if we go back to scripture, if we look at Job and his wife, that seems to be what happened to her. When she saw the suffering that she and her husband experienced, what did she say? She said to her husband, curse God and die. This, This suffering, in other words, it's too much. You might as well forget about God and just end your suffering. Well, is that what it's like for us? Well, again, we go to other parts of Scripture. Here's what another Old Testament uh, guy says. This is Habakkuk, okay, chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. He's speaking about how things are like for them at the moment. This, this is what he says. Though the fig tree should not blossom, uh, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food the flock be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls yet i will rejoice in the lord i will take joy in the god of my salvation now there's a man who has a sense of peace in the midst of difficult times why well no doubt because he's assured of the salvation that he has from god Our suffering may cause you lots of trouble. It may be something that's keeping you up at night, even right now. It might be something that's causing you that sort of trouble. It may may be something that shortens your lifespan here on earth. But what we see in scripture is if you have assurance of salvation, well, God says you can have a sense of peace in the midst of that suffering. Not just because you know what's going to happen to you when you die, but because you know now where you're going. It's the kind of peace, in fact, that we read in uh, the book of Acts with uh, the uh, man named Stephen. Acts chapter 7, the the guy named Stephen is literally being killed. He's being stoned to death. And as he's laying there dying, he, he has a glimpse of heaven. And then what does he say? He says, Lord Jesus receive my spirit now that's the same thing that you can say with the same level of confidence when you have assurance of salvation now that's the peace that we can have well what other benefit is there to assurance well the the second one i want to mention is uh, that also uh, uh, assurance produces growth in us a spiritual growth in us Now, this is something the Apostle Paul points out in another one of his writings in Titus chapter 2. And he writes there, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. In other words, having salvation 
knowing God's grace enables us to focus on living for Jesus. It gives us motivation to grow in relationship with Christ. Now, let me try and illustrate this for you, okay? Imagine uh, you have two people building on identical plots of land right next to each other, right? Two guys building on identical plots of land and they've each received a legal title to that land. They each own the land. Now, the first one, he begins uh, to work uh, to build the house on his land and he works on it day after day without ceasing. He doesn't take any breaks. He just keeps going at it every day. The second, well, while aiming to build an identical house, well, he keeps leaving to go back to uh, the public registry to check and to double check and to triple check whether the land is actually really his. He keeps going back over and over again because he's not certain if the land, if he really owns it. Now, of those two men, who do you think will have the better house in six months' time? That's pretty simple, isn't it? The one who had assurance that he owned the land, that it was his. Uh, It's exactly the same in the Christian life, isn't it? Those, if we're assured of our salvation, if we know where we're going then we're much more likely to be the ones who will labor the hardest and with the most perseverance and without distraction for the Lord Jesus. (coughs) That's the beauty of knowing that your salvation is secure. Right, so we've answered some questions. We looked at whether it's wishful thinking, whether it's a waste of time, seeing that's not the case. Well, last question is, how do I get it? How do I get assurance? I realize I may be preaching to the choir here in many respects. So if uh, you already have uh, a sense of assurance from God that you are saved, then uh, praise God for that. And take this as a moment just to be encouraged in your faith. But I do want to take a moment to speak particularly to anyone who might be here who's not certain about where they stand with God. Uh, How do I get assurance if that's me? How can I know that I'll actually be saved? Well, let me say... It's not like getting insurance, okay? You don't need to pay a premium to get assurance from God. In fact, there's not a thing that you can pay to get the assurance of salvation from God. There's nothing you can do to buy it or earn it for yourself. Instead, the only thing that's necessary is this, and that is to know and believe in what Jesus has done for you. And that's effectively really what the Apostle Paul says in that passage from 2 Timothy chapter 4. He he wrote this, I'll remind you. Henceforth, there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness, right? That future reward, which the Lord, the righteous judge, that's that's Jesus, will award to me on that day. Here's what I'm going to get in the next life, he's saying. Now, why will Paul be awarded a crown of righteousness? Why will he get this reward? Uh, why will he be judged by Jesus and, and not found lacking? Well, you, you, if you keep reading that verse, what did he say? He says, because he loved Jesus appearing. In other words, uh, because he knew and he loved what Jesus came to do when he appeared on earth. Right? When Jesus, when he came and lived that perfect life, when he obeyed God perfectly, when he died that sinful death, that death of the sinner, with our sin on his shoulders. And and what does Paul say? He says, this assurance, so this reward is for all who love Jesus appearing 
It's for all who love Jesus appearing, not just for him. He says it's for all who do that. So in other words, the, the way to get assurance in this life is to know and love Jesus for what he has done. To know the salvation that he's gained through his death and resurrection and to respond by loving him with your life. Now, that's the path to assurance. That's how God provides assurance to his people. And Paul speaks of it as if it's a guarantee. Now, all of this means that we too can have this assurance. We can have assurance in the salvation that Jesus gives. And I want to uh, give you one example of someone who had this. Now, a while back, I was listening to uh, a podcast. I love to listen to podcasts in my car as I'm driving around. And one uh, you may have potentially heard of is a podcast called uh, Quantum. It's by a guy named David Robertson, a Christian man. He lives, he's a Scottish gent. He lives over in Sydney at the moment. And he basically does a, every week, he does a, a half an hour review of, of news, uh, the week's events from a Christian perspective. It's really great. I um, heartily recommend uh, if you listen to podcasts to get uh, Quantum, and he calls himself the We Flee. So that's what you want to do a search for. Now, I was listening to this podcast uh, a little while ago, uh, and there was a short segment in this episode about a gentleman named Jeremy Marshall. Now, you wouldn't have heard of this guy. I, I didn't know who he was either. Turns out he, he was a, a long-term, a long-time uh, trustee of a faithful Bible college in London. And so they played a short recording from this man, a recording which, as it turned out, was from this man as he sat in a hospital in London where he was receiving, get this, his 27th bout of chemotherapy. Now, I've not gone through something like that. I don't know anyone super close to me who has done something like that. I can't imagine what it would be like to get one round of chemo, let alone 27 Right, and here's what he said. Here's what, the, what, the, what he said on this recording. He said, why am I a Christian? Well, two reasons. One is, I believe that there is an answer to death. I've been living for the last year, eight years with cancer, and I've found that the promises God makes to us in the Bible are true. And that when he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you, that that's been my experience. Secondly, that there's actually an even bigger problem, a, a problem of mine and a problem of all of us, which is the things we've done wrong that separate us from God, which will lead us eventually to eternal death, not just physical death. And I believe Jesus offers me and offers you the solution to that problem, which is his death on the cross, where he takes the bill, if you like, for the things that we've done wrong. Now, being a Christian is not easy, this man said. There's a cost to being a Christian. It's been challenging at times, and every day I, I say I get things wrong. I screw up. I don't do things I should do. I do things I shouldn't do. But what I've found amazing is the presence and power of the love of Jesus Christ in my life. That makes all the difference to me, and I believe it can make all the difference to you too. Now, as I was listening to this in the car, I, I thought it just was absolutely crystal clear to me the absolute confidence that this man had as he was going through 27 rounds of chemotherapy of the assurance that he had in Christ. Now, I say uh, 
this is the assurance that he, he spoke of because sadly he died not long after that recording. Right? But that means we know where he is. Right? He, this, this man is no longer in pain. He's no longer having to, to worry about cancer treatment. There's no need for another round of chemo. Why? Because he's with his saviour. He's with the Lord Jesus. And he could speak of this. I hope you heard it. He could speak of it with supreme confidence just days before his own death. Well, if we've heard anything this morning, it's this. You can speak with that same sort of confidence too. Because it's a certainty that God will always deliver for those who have faith in Christ. And that's the case because of what Jesus has done. Uh, Jesus' historically verifiable resurrection was like the, the signature from God himself on the assurance contract, the contract between God and between all those who place their trust in Jesus, that his promise of salvation will come through when we need it both for the benefits that it brings in the life to come and the benefits it brings in the here and now. It's a guarantee thanks to Jesus. So as we, as we wrap things up, let me say, do you know Jesus? Do you know what he has done? Uh, do you know what he offers to you freely and which you can receive by faith? And if you do, are you responding by loving him? Do you seek to love and labor for him in this life now in response to what he has done? Well, if you do, well, then you can have the same confidence that the Apostle Paul had. You can have the same confidence that uh, Mr. Marshall had. You can have the assurance that transcends earthly insurance and know that when this life is said and done, you'll be covered. Let's pray. Father in heaven, uh, it is a a joy to know your promises, uh, your promises of salvation, that they are real, that they are true, uh, that you stand behind them, that when we place our faith in Jesus, when we trust in what he has done, not in what we have done, but what he has done, that you promise uh, to bring us home with you when our lives come to an end. And you don't just promise to do that. You promise to give us peace. You, you give us a growth in the here and now as well. Father, would you, uh, for those of us who are already trusting in Jesus, remind us of these truths. May this uh, encourage us to live more faithfully for Christ. And for those who perhaps aren't, aren't certain where they are, may uh, this be uh, the encouragement they need to, to turn to Jesus, to see what he has done and to place their faith in him. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.